You're listening to a rebroadcast of a live walk talk from Instagram. Alright, so let's see. Looks like we've got a, a nice sized little group here. So I think I'll go ahead and start my live. Uh, well, I've already started my live, start my message. Um, so I call these my walk talks. They're just random. Oh, let's go for a walk. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about Jesus. So Jesus is the gospel. And the gospel is so simple, many people miss it. So when I do these walk talks, I've only scheduled one of them and I just tried it out. I'm not really a scheduling type of person when it comes to certain things when I'm expressing my gifts or doing something that I really want to do. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm a very scheduled person otherwise, as far as work, um, other things. But when it comes to um, these walk talks, I don't schedule them. I get messaged a lot for that. When are you doing your walk talks? I don't know. <laughs> whenever I, Whenever I want to, I guess. So, the reason why I'm saying that is I want you to understand that the gospel is easy. It's light. If you're feeling pressure or if you feel like you're not doing enough or not doing it at the right time, that's not coming from God. God does not pressure you. I saw a TikTok this morning and I really like this guy, but said something I just did not agree with but I've been there and he said something that you have to change as a Christian is you've got to get uncomfortable don't get me wrong we become uncomfortable in our old thought patterns our old coping mechanisms our old way of thinking uncomfortable in our growth but not in who we are we don't need to get uncomfortable. We need to understand that we work out of our comfort. That's why Christ is, the spirit of Jesus Christ is called the comforter. So when somebody says, you gotta get uncomfortable for God, you don't. You need to rest more. When you rest more, the uncomfortable thoughts will begin to fade away and you'll recognize, nope, that's not for me, that's pressure. Now before the cross, yes, there was a lot of pressure going on. God forced a lot of people to do a lot of different things because Christ had not come and because God was protecting the line of Judah, which was one of the 12 tribes of Israel in which the Messiah would come from. So you ever heard um, the lion of Judah? You ever heard that? That's Jesus. Judah is one of the 12 tribes. So when Israel left Egypt, when the people group, the Jews left Egypt with Moses, Moses split them up into 12 tribes. One of those tribes were called the tribe, the tribe of Levi. So the tribe of Levi was the Levitical priests who used the animal blood for sacrifices in order to forgive the sins of the people. Well, that never happened from the tribe of Judah. So the tribe of Judah, when, when this was foretold about, was mind-blowing to the Jews. So God was protecting the line of Judah 
because Jesus genetically, physically, would come from that group, from Israel. So that is where we get um, the Lion of Judah and God was protecting Israel before the cross um, because Jesus would come from Israel. But now that Christ is here, now that the Lion has roared, so to speak, and gone to the cross and been resurrected, Jesus did some things for you that's available for you. He didn't force this on you. You get to decide whether or not you want it. But complete forgiveness of your sins has been taken care of. Past, present, future. All your sins were in the future when Christ died. So yes, even future sins. I'm not saying you don't sin. I'm saying you're already forgiven. Okay? So past, present, future sins are forgiven. Uh, what else? Satan was disarmed. We see that in the book of Colossians. So Satan has no more power. He's all bark, no bite. Um, and then what else? Um, he's defeated death. So forgave sins, defeated Satan, disarmed him, and then defeated death. So all those three things are available for you if you place your faith in Jesus one time. What does that look like? It is believing that you need to be forgiven and that Christ has forgiven you and that he has the ability to do so. Once you come to that realization, you're saved. No special event needs to happen. It is a one-time act of saving faith. See that? So, um, if you're new to my ministry, my name is Matt McMillan. I'm a Christian author. I've written seven books. All my books are available on Amazon. If you want to check them out, they're available in paperback and Kindle. Um, what else do I like to touch on before I get started? Oh, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> um, I'm just like you. We're, we're, we're the same. We're on the same level all Christians are. I have no formal theological training. Um, I'm just a student of pretty much anything I decide to be interested in and God has really placed it on my mind to uh, study the Bible, study the Gospels, study the life of Christ, study the epistles um, and my memorization of those things and my ability to communicate those things to where you can understand them is my gift. I understand what my gifts are but I'm just like you. We're all the same. So one thing I want to talk about, um, and I've been wanting to talk about this, but I was like, let's go ahead and talk about it since it's Sunday. Anyway, um, are Christians commanded to go to church? What do you think? You think we are? No, you're not. No matter how many overbearing legalistic relatives try to make you feel guilty about that or people, friends, family, neighbors, pastors who try to make you believe that exactly no, make you believe that you're commanded to go to church. You're not, you are not commanded to go to church. Let me get this out of the way from the beginning. I'm not against you going to church. My ministry is not anti-church. My ministry is not anti-go-to-the-building. 
My ministry is not anti-pastor. My ministry is pro-Jesus. When people hear some of the things I say, they think I'm against certain things, but I'm not against certain things. I'm for Jesus. So as we learn these truths, the error gets pushed up and out of our mind. So when I talk about these things, this is not a personal attack on you. If you go to church, great, go to church. This is not a personal attack on any denomination. I'm not against any denominations. I just think they create divisions. I'm not against anything that has to do with Sunday morning and what our modern group of uh, the body of believers has turned it into as far as what you decide. You get to decide whether or not you go to church. So I want to get that out of the way. If you're getting up and going to church, great, good. You're free. You're free to go to church. You're free to not go to church. You are free. But there's no commandment in scripture which would lead us to believe that we are commanded to go to a building on Sunday. And let's talk about that. And I'm switching my hands here quite a bit, so sorry about that, guys. I'm walking on the sand. This is this is new for me. Normally, I'm walking on the pavement in my neighborhood. Um, so, first of all, um, let's talk about remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Actually, let's back up a step. First of all, in the four Gospels, we and some translations in the four Gospels, we see the word church in the four gospels but the word church in those translations is not necessary is not it's not even not necessarily it is not a building it's not a building when you read the four gospels and you see the word church and when i say four gospels i'm talking about matthew mark luke and john when you see the word church it's not referring to a building the original word was originally translated into assemblies. Certain translations have turned it into church. And I'm just going to say this, and this is my opinion, whether you agree with it or not. I believe it was translated that way in order to push a certain agenda. But I'm going to stop at, at that. When we see the word church or assemblies... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get away from the word church when I'm talking about the Gospels. When we see the word assemblies, when Jesus is talking about that, it's not referring to a body of believers necessarily. We must look at the context. In the four Gospels, there were different assemblies, tons of different types of assemblies. That is why we can't look at the word church in the four Gospels as a building that Christians go to on a Sunday morning because that's not the that's not the context so when we see the word assemblies in the four Gospels it's referring to a group of people believer or not now after the cross when you see the word church or assemblies or assembly that is not referring to a building keep in mind the first church building 
was not even erected until a couple hundred years after Jesus. Okay? When Christ came back from the dead, gave everybody the Holy Spirit, and these group of Christians formed, they didn't build a building. They lived together. Okay? So when we see the word church or assembly in the after the four gospels it is referring to the body of Christ not a building what do i mean but when i say the body of Christ i'm referring to you me these people out here if they're christians supernaturally a group of those who house the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's the church. Whether you decide to assemble does not make you a Christian or not a Christian, nor does it make you less of a Christian or more of a Christian. You're just assembling. And this makes me think of when Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, I'm there. That's not a commandment he's just saying i'm there with you guys because he's here with me now i don't have anybody gathered with me except for you he doesn't wait for people to get together before he shows up do you see it so we're two or three gathered on there that is a descriptive passage not a prescriptive passage we don't have to get together so jesus joins us he's already in you do you see it? So cool, isn't it? So, um, let's talk about the two big Bible verses. Actually, I want to talk about Jesus. Just a another minute or two in regard to the Gospels and the word Sabbath. Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not the other way around. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What do you think God does whenever you go to church? Think he just marks your checkbox off? Oh, he remembered the Sabbath. And I'm gonna get to that in a minute because it's not even the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for you. He was telling this to, and it wasn't made for you. Jesus is our Sabbath. It was actually made for the Jews. these legalistic people had turned resting into a law. The true Sabbath, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's one of the verses. We'll go ahead, we'll, we'll roll with this. One of the 10 commandments, which we use today to say thou shalt go to church was not on Sunday. And the law can't be modified. Deuteronomy four tells us that Sabbath for the Jews was from Friday to Saturday and they weren't allowed to do anything. They were required to sit still, do nothing. And this was punishable if you do anything on the Sabbath. One person was killed, it's recorded in the Bible, for picking up some sticks because he did that on the Sabbath. Do you see it? 
This is not thou shalt go to church. This is the commandment of sit still and don't do nothing or you're going to get killed. This is why Jesus healed on the Sabbath. To stick it in their faces. And I'm not going to get off in that rabbit hole. But, <laughs> rabbit trail. But, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy was um, a foreshadowing of our permanent rest in Christ. Christ is our Sabbath. Sabbath means rest. So in the book of Hebrews, we see this in Hebrews chapter four, when the author is telling them, strive to enter rest. They didn't understand that. And that was strive to have faith in Christ. But remember the Sabbath and keep it holy was one of the 10 commandments. The 10 commandments were 10 of 613 and you had to keep all of them, all 613, and you had to be Jewish. So that's not a commandment to go to church. So let's look at the other passage, Hebrews 10, 25. People have been Hebrews 10, 25 to death, to death. Oh my gosh. Do not forsake the assembly of one another together. Has nothing to do with church. Hebrews 10, 25, do not forsake the assembly. If we keep reading, we find out why they should not forsake getting together. It is to encourage one another. What were they encouraging one another about? Start at the beginning of the chapter. How about some context? The once for all forgiveness of Jesus. By one offering, he has made you perfect. You have been sanctified. They didn't like this. So the author of Hebrews is writing to the Hebrews, the Jews, and he is encouraging them. He doesn't know who's a believer and who's not a believer, but he knows that if they continue to assemble and continue to hear this message about Jesus, they're going to find that rest. But we want to use Hebrews 10.25 as a commandment to tell people to go to church? No, that's not the context at all. The word church isn't used. And if we keep reading, we actually see that they are being discouraged from going to a building, the temple. There's no more sacrifices left to be had there. So if you continue to willfully sin according to the law of Moses, these are Jews. How do they define sin? 613 different ways. If you deliberately to keep on, if you deliberately keep on breaking the law of Moses and you keep going back to the temple to offer your animal sacrifice, you're trampling on the spirit of grace. Read all of Hebrews chapter 10. Don't just read Hebrews 10 25. This is not a commandment for you to go to church. This is an encouragement and an edification for this body of people, believer or not, to keep getting together and encouraging one another. You guys don't need the law. You've got Jesus. You don't need the blood of animals. You have the blood of Jesus. Stop going back to the temple. There's no sacrifice left there. You've heard all these things about Jesus. You've tasted, but you have not swallowed. And then he lists in the next chapter, the 
the patriarchs of all their faith. And he lists all these people who they knew who it was and said they were justified by faith, but they still didn't get what you can still have, which is Jesus. They longed for Jesus and Jesus never came in their life. Jesus has come. Hebrews believe, repent from the law of Moses, not even a dollop of it. You don't need any of the law. You have the spirit. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and try to put a, a ribbon on this. It's a little awkward doing the walk talk on a public beach, but got people staring at me. It's fine. A couple people were yelling, me from the, yelling at me from the balcony. I don't know if you guys heard that. But anyway, why go to church? Why? That, that's not a discouraging comment. That's a question. We go to church for fellowship and the message. Sometimes the fellowship is toxic and abusive and will cause you to have a distorted view of God. Sometimes that fellowship mixes Moses with Jesus. Sometimes that fellowship sexually abuses you. Sometimes that fellowship destroys your marriage. Sometimes that fellowship takes all your money. Sometimes that fellowship is healing. Sometimes that fellowship is encouraging. Sometimes that fellowship is exactly what you needed at that time. There's no such thing as a perfect church. We're human. We all make mistakes. We're all learning and growing. We're all struggling with some type of error. But there is a such thing as a perfect savior. And he will work through all of that stuff. So if you're still going to a location and you're debating on staying or leaving, whatever you decide, you're free. You're free to stay there. You're free to leave. Why? Because you're the church. The message is what's most important. If the message is centered around the grace of God and Jesus Christ, same thing. It's a healthy place. But never think that God is commanding you to go to a building. He's not. You're free to not go. You're free to go. Fellowship is important. But listen to the Holy Spirit within you, friend. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say that fellowship is causing a lot of damage. You don't need to go there. But he's to let you choose. Whatever you decide, you're always in the will of God. He goes with you. Church, no church. Some people have had more church than they can stand. And they just have ran for the hills to get away from all that church. 
but Christ ran with them. Christ is still in them. They can shipwreck their faith, but Christ is on that island with them in that shipwreck. He's always with you. Attending a building, not attending a building, no matter what you're going through, the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ is always with you, Christian. And maybe you're watching this and you're like, who is this guy? Why does he keep showing up on my Instagram and my Explore page and something different? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Do you want, do you want that? If you want that, you can receive him right now. All you have to do is believe that Jesus has forgiven you and that he has that power. He joins you. You don't have to say any words. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Believe that you need to be forgiven. Just believe that you need to be forgiven. Yeah, Matt, even the demons believe and they shudder. Demons are damned to hell. Demons don't have the ability to be forgiven. You see it? Don't crap on somebody's moment of salvation because of a legalistic lie. Mature from that. But if you heard my words and you believed that, you believed I'm a sinner, I need the forgiveness of Jesus. I want that. Come on, Jesus. And you don't have to say those words. I don't want to put words in your mouth. It is a one-time moment of belief. Belief that saves you. He joins you. He joins you. You're no longer a sinner. You sin, yes. You're maturing, you're learning, you're growing. But you're a saint now. You're a holy one. Because of Jesus. So I hope this has encouraged you guys today. I have walked quite a far way away from my room here, so I'm gonna head back. I've enjoyed this walk talk on the beach with y'all. You're not commanded to church, you're not commanded to go to church. But if you go to church, enjoy. If you're not enjoying it, you don't have to force yourself to go. You are the church. So always tell the truth about yourself. The truth is you are the church, friend. God lives in you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are sealed up forever he'll never leave once he joins you when you're faithless he stays faithful if you live a hundred years and you struggle with your faith that's okay don't put faith in your faith he still stays faithful to you because of the promise made at the cross so enjoy your Sunday Hope this has encouraged you guys. 
and um, we'll see you on the next walk talk. Bye bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this walk talk. Please be sure to rate and review this podcast and share it with others. Subscribe right now so you don't miss out on any new content. To be encouraged daily, you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. If you want even more information on my ministry or to check out my books, go to www.mattmcmillan.com.